0: Welcome back to another enlightening episode of The Good Dudes Grow, where we deep dive into stories of resilience, growth, and the transformation power of plant-based medicine. Today, we have a remarkable guest with us, Russell Langhammer, who has overcome immense challenges with the help of psilocybin and cannabis. Stay tuned. You won't want to miss this one.
1: Five, four, three, two, one. This is the...
0: No, the importance of plant-based medicine and psychedelics on mental and physical health we're bringing you stories of how these medicines have changed lives and can save lives we want to teach you the healing power of plant-based medicine this is the good dude grow 2.0
1: hey
0: everybody welcome back to another episode of good dudes grow the podcast where we explore alternative medicine tackle addiction mental health and so much more I'm your host, Gary Roberts, and today we have a very special guest with us, Russell Langhammer. He's a former professional athlete, faced gripping clutches of the opiate addiction and the aftermath of brain injury. Uh, these hardships didn't stop him. He's on, a, he's on a mission. He's on a path. So I'm here to give him a voice. And so I'm really excited to hear everything that we have to talk about, Russell. Welcome
1: to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me and giving me this opportunity.
0: Oh, it's my pleasure. I started following you on, on Lincoln, and I, I said, "You know what? I need to get this guy on the show because he's got some. He, we have the same point of view on a, on a bunch of stuff. We're both like on this mission to actually help other people." But before we get into our missions, tell us a little bit about your background and, and a little bit how, how everything started.
1: I, uh, I'm, I'm a former athlete and uh, also airline industry professional, and uh, I, I did a lot of damage to my body. But I actually got hurt really bad working here in Dallas, we had an ice storm. And after after breaking my back, I also had a brain injury. And it it started uh, a lifetime full of addiction, I mean, pain pills, rehabilitation, and it really, really took control of my life changed me completely. Uh, I lost my family, I lost my job. I, it was just terrible. The medicines that I was prescribed, almost killed me. I mean, I, I'm my fourth pacemaker now. Uh, but thanks to whole plant medicine, I came back. And uh, with with what I learned from being an athlete, I put it towards, you know, surviving. And I found out that this plant here that I started growing on my own, uh, stayed in me helped me get off obvious help me get off benzodiazepines. Not only did the flour help, but the oil, my God, the oil, the oil saved my life. I make wax, make my own wax. You know, I, I escaped the, uh, the clutches of the big farm. I mean, they had me, man. They had me really good. Let me ask you this. Cause I get a lot of people and uh, we
0: talked a little bit earlier about my daughter. My daughter got a, was in a car accident, got got in the, the clutches of, of big pharma, and, and was led down that road. And unfortunately, she she passed away due to it. But a lot of people, the biggest argument they had with me is like, okay, so you're trying to get somebody off addiction by using a drug that's supposed to be the gateway. That's what everybody says. The gateway. I call it the gateway out. Everybody calls it the gateway in. How? how tell us a little bit. How much? Basically, painkillers, how did you get started? How much were you taking, and why did you decide, it's like, you know
1: what, I need to try this plant stuff? Well, first off, the plant's not a drug to me. Uh, but the drugs that they had me on, just, I, I never took pain pills. Uh, when I was playing ball, just, we were under different things, okay? We, we did a lot of coke. Uh, we never did pain pills. We did speeders. But when I broke my back, these doctors, they put me on uh, first thing I put you on was hydrocodone, see how you're going to react. And I was super mad on that shit. Uh, I went back to work, and four months after having complete surgery, I, I shattered L4, L5, and L1. I have a cage. I have bras. I have, you know, I've had stimulators put in there. It doesn't work. Uh, the whole nine yards. They made a lot of money off me. But in return, they ruined my life. It turned me into the worst person you could imagine. I mean, it was Dr. Jekyll or not. and I. And keep it in mind the doctor said, Hey, you won't get hooked on this. I remember specifically, oh, it's been proven. That's when they introduced me to Oxycontin. Okay. And, and Oxycontin at that time, uh, this was happened in 2000, by the way. And I followed doctors' orders to a T. And when I started getting bad on the drugs, the, the the drugs that they were giving me was like, like I said, Oxycontin. Uh, they gave me morphine. They gave me Dilaudid. They gave me Valium. And, you know, the ones that we just settled with for for years, I was on, on hydromorphone, which is a lot of it, and a lot of it, by the way. And I was also taking 40 milligrams of diazepam which is value because it didn't mess with my, my stomach. I could keep going and the cocktail worked really, really well for about two years, but it turned me into the probably the worst person you can imagine.
0: Well, well, that's the biggest thing. That's the biggest thing most people don't understand is that, okay, so you got all this, these pain meds. and They're like, Oh yeah. So you're addicted to this stuff and it, it messes you up, but the doctors expect you to go back to a normal life and do normal things and you know, it's the same thing I tell firefighters, like, we have these prescriptions that we're allowed to take this stuff on on, on duty, and, and nobody understands that's, that's, never, that's never taken it before. Nobody understands exactly how messed up it can actually make, make you feel and how that messed up you can actually be on it legally.
1: I'm glad you brought that up because I, I was running a crew at DFW, okay, and I could push airplanes, and I did. I pushed airplanes that had 250 up to 280 people on it. I was planning loads. Uh, uh, people's lives were in my hands, brother. I'm so glad you brought that up. And and the DEA allowed me to take class two pharmaceuticals. Okay, class two pharmaceuticals. They and they would not allow me to use this precious plant here, which is they considered a class one. And we all know that's a joke, right? Okay. Well, we don't even have to go there. We're all educated individuals. That uh, What what happened to me was I was an educated individual who didn't see the pharmaceutical nightmare coming. And it, it affected not only me, it affected my family. Yeah,
0: that, and that's that, that's the problem, problem. Not only did it affect you, and it's is the same thing with, with, with mental health. Not only does it affect you, but it affects everybody around you. And that's the biggest thing with addiction. Our daughter basically, she would have done anything for anybody. She helped so many other people that she wasn't able to help herself, and, and that was her battle. That was her battle. When, that was the type of person she was battling. She was battling not only herself, but battling trying to keep everybody else happy and, and everything else. So add that to uh, the addiction to to oxycodone, and, and it's it's a bad mixture. You just you just can't get out of that 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 wind tunnel. Basically. As, soon as you think you're making headway, it's blowing you backwards.
1: You're not kidding, man. I tell you, people say, "Well, you're using one drug to uh, to get off another." No, I'm sorry. I'm here to tell you, it's not the case. I get very emotional. So,
0: so, so, let me ask you this: what What led you to the path of trying the cannabis? Because a lot of people say. They just decided to do it. What made you decide, you know what, I'm going to give this a try. Was it, was it your education? Did you learn about it? Did somebody tell you about it? How did you do it?
1: Well, I used it secretly as an athlete. I mean, when we were kids growing up in the seventies, we grew up all and smoked it, but we had no clue. We were just doing it recreationally. And, uh, when, when I, got, when I got injured and I got hooked on those pain pills, holy cow. And the, the, like I said, those drugs right there, I knew were going to kill me because I lost my mother, I lost a brother, and I just lost another brother to fentanyl. So I knew it's time to use something different. So I joined the normal group here in, in Texas uh, because I, I I I didn't want to be on pain pills. I went to the doctor one day and I said I can't I can't do this. And he goes What do you mean? You remember when Trump became president and he signed uh, an executive order, no benzos and, and, and Oaks at the same time. Yep. Okay. In 2017, he signed no, no opiates and benzos at the same time. And I had been on this cocktail for over seven years and it was working for pain and it was working to, to let me try to keep living, but it was also destroying me as a person. So I got off to the benzos and man, it was a, freaking nightmare. I ain't kidding. It was, it took me six months to get off that 40 milligram diazepam. You could sleep. Yeah. And, and, you know, we came in handy. All right. But then I started discovering other things. All right. Other things. I, I went to the doctor and I said, I just need to sleep if I can sleep. So he gave me something to sleep. It put me in a coma for nine days here in the hospital. And I woke up and my wife was phone feeding me. I was in a freight jacket, okay? I didn't need to be in no damn straight jacket, you guys. I have, I have two college degrees and I speak a few languages. I'm an educated person. What the hell am I doing in this hospital? That's when I realized, dude, don't ever go back. And and I have to be honest, my pacemaker shocks me from time to time because I have no sinus node. And when that happens, I have to take like codeine, to, uh, what is it, acetaminophen with codeine. But there are times where uh, I'll have to have a surgery, and I'm not going to suffer, and, and the dabs isn't going to do it completely, okay? So they'll they'll prescribe me uh hydromorphone, four, only four milligrams, but then they'll give me buprenorphine to kill it afterwards. And that works for me. Well, I've gotten through two surgeries since. And people are like, well, how do you do it? Buprenorphine, which is uh, not, not suboxone, but subutex. And if I would have been told about these things back in 2000, it would have helped me tremendously. And, I, and it wouldn't have affected my job at, at the airlines. I probably wouldn't have this pacemaker because like your daughter, I couldn't kick it, man. Right. I am in ain't. I need something to help me with the point to get to the physical therapy because now what I do is I go to physical therapy and I, and I do a, a series of real life workouts, uh, kind of like the, the old bodybuilding days, but it keeps me alive right and now by staying alive. I can tell the story and by no big form, I know big Pharma hates that, but guys, it happened to me and I never expected it. I, I like you like your daughter. God, yeah. Let me, you rest in peace. I've got two siblings and a mother gone because of pharmaceuticals and they were opiates and benzos. Yeah.
0: A lot of people don't understand that once you start out, once you start them, it's, you know, it's extremely difficult. And a lot of firefighters, you know, they, they start them because of pain. Cause it's not an easy job. You know, it's extremely physical and when you get hurt that's your life job it's kind of like being an athlete you you want to come back so you do whatever you have to to come back to actually care for your family so you think you're doing something right by taking these medications that the doctors say will help you and all of a sudden next you know you're sucking on a, a an oxycodone a lollipop at, at work instead of you know what you should be doing and it just doesn't help it makes things worse next thing you know you can't sleep so you go back to the doctor get valium and then next thing you know taking valium and the valium doesn't work and they double that and triple this and all of a sudden, it's, it's more and more and more, and you know we, we need to change the way people people are thinking about that.
1: It runs it runs relationships, and it run. And I know, I'm gonna be honest with you. I I would be so high at times, and I would catch myself and go, "How the fuck I didn't wreck my car just now?" I just, thank you, Lord. And and I, I'd be at work, I'd be at work, and I'd be like, "I'm pushing this airplane, and you you know you're 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 pushing tons of weight." with a lot of force and anything can go wrong. And your high as a kite, you know, and I'll tell you another thing, mental health. A lot of my friends are firefighters because you know, when but in the bodybuilding world, firefighters a great job, you can do them both. And mentally those guys solve things. One of my friends uh, was a pro bodybuilder and he had to do CPR on another bodybuilder who uh, passed out was having a heart attack because he had no water in his body and I mean just the the things that you see sometimes you can't unsee those things. I know a lot of people that I've talked to recently in the cannabis industry uh, are soldiers okay and these soldiers were told you can't use cannabis uh, My father was a, was a a helicopter pilot in the United States Army. I remember it well. Uh, He came back really messed up, and he stayed in the military, so he drank a lot. Well, now my father has Alzheimer's, and he came to visit me two years ago, and the first day was a nightmare because he got shitty drunk and and pooped his pants, you know? My father. So the next day, I gave him uh, cannabis tinctures and his wine, okay? Because he has to have something to drink. We had the best freaking week. I ain't kidding. My father and me, we had a wonderful time. But here's the deal. When he got back, my stepmother, who was a staff sergeant, she took him to the infirmary, and they drug tested him. And I'm never allowed to see my father again. Because they said, oh, well, he had a stroke, and the bull's fucking shit. He didn't have a stroke. And you gave him cannabis, and it almost killed him. No, he got drunk on a bottle of whiskey the first night and pooped his pants. That might have been where he got the stroke. But the following week, Gary, how
0: about Dad? That? that that's incredible. And and I'm currently fighting in our we're 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 doing recontract negotiations right now. I'm currently fighting for our city to change just that the the actual testing policy for our, our department instead of doing a, a, one of these urinalyses that test anything. Yeah, that, that'll actually make you pop for federally legal CBD. I've asked them, I says, why don't we just change the word to look for an active THC ingredient? This way you'll know if the person's high on the job, but this will at least give them give the firefighters active access to the federally legal CBD as a start. Okay, they may not want to go full cannabis to get go because that's their, their biggest worry. Because they're still waiting for, like everybody else, still stuff, you know, still data to come out that it's not, you're not going to be able to kill people and run cars over and stuff like that but yeah you can still
1: take your your oxycodone as long as you have that little piece of paper from the doctor <laughs> what i was going to say is as i i take dronamidol which is 10 milligram uh thc synthetic thc that it, it's it's generic marinol because i'm on medicare medicare excuse me ssdi medicare <laughs> And I'm in the system, man, and, and I have to play. So why can Big Pharma prescribe me Drone Avenal, which they can prescribe to the, the, the firefighters, okay? Nobody's smoking. because it's I better legal. that? The Drone abanol is actually stronger than our Texas medical program. Right. And it's cheaper, by the way, because I, I have a prior authorization on the medication. It costs me around $90 a month. And uh, sorry about getting emotional, dude. It just—I didn't expect that. It's just—it's good. It's good, bro. It's a fight, man. Everything's such a damn fight. So what I did is I got with my my doctors. Okay, and I'm blessed because when I was an athlete, some of those athletes became doctors. Okay, I mean, and and some of us we just don't make it. And in, and in, in like for the NFL, I became a damn punch dummy on the practice squad. I, I've made my 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 big pro debut powerlifting, and and I never paid attention, but these guys were putting shit in their nose, and it was pills. They would grind up pills, uh, anything anything and everything to get the job done. Right. And now I just want to be able to talk about it and tell people, hey man, it's a different way. There's a better way. There's a natural way that. So, but as a firefighter, I know I know the drug test that I had to take with the airline industry. I'm sure you guys would get ramrodded with that. Yep, it's random. You never
0: know what it is, and, and it you know anything can pop up. It's just you know it's so. It's not fair. It's not fair. And, and the whole the whole like you said, we said this in the beginning. The whole thing is as long as you have one of those little papers from a doctor for the stuff above. Cannabis, you're good. But if you have anything cannabis whatsoever, even if there's a little prescription for that your state allows medical cannabis, absolutely not. Doesn't matter. You know, I went. I want to tell you a story. I went into the the attorney and I said, "Hey, listen, we need to change the drug test." And and I was arguing with the city attorney because the city attorney, you know, he had the uh, the letters an esquire behind him. So I was just a firefighter. So he thought he was actually going to be uh, you know o- o- overbearing. <laughs> and and I sat there and I said, "Okay." So you want to know specifically what test tests for, you know, impairment for cannabis. And they're like, yeah, I go, so like a breathalyzer. They're like, yeah. I'm like, okay, so give me what test tests us specifically for impairment when we're on Oxy, Valium, or or any of the other prescribed medications that we're allowed to take. (laughs) He looked at me, he goes, excuse me. I'm like, I says, you heard me. Just show me the tests that those show impairment that we're allowed to take them. Show me what tests we take for that. He's like, I, I, I don't have an answer because I'm not, I'm not an expert in this. I says, well, that's the point because you're not an expert in it. So since you're not an expert, I find it extremely difficult to understand why you're guiding the city to do stuff that actually could be considered you know discriminatory against their employees. Because if I get tested, and I'm taking a federally legal over-the-counter CBD that is not a, a, a illegal substance, and you decide to fire me, I can sue the city. He's like, no, you can't. I says, yes, I can because it's not, the only way I'm gonna get fired is if I actually use a substance on the banned substance list. This is not, and I can prove it, because I have my own company, I have all my stuff tested, I, I, we can take a, a physical blood work to see THC levels, so I can show you that I don't have no THC in my body, no active ingredient, and I can show you exactly where the stuff comes from. I said, so that leaves the city liable. So I find it kind of hard that the attorney for the city's leaving the city up to this liabilities. And he looked at me and went, well, you know, that's going to be up to the city to decide because I'm not an expert in this stuff.
1: <laughs> you gave the goosebumps because I'm telling you, more people do that, they're going to open more eyes because I know my story, I tell it anywhere I go, Argentina, uh, Germany, and I do it in that language, and it, it affects these people. And then they reach out to me on social media and they're like, dude, how did you do this? I was in my life, in they told me, you're done, go home and die. Your heart's at nine percent. And I actually helped rebuild my heart using CBD, okay, 6,000 milligrams CBD. Okay, I had a specially made in, in, in Missouri, which is now a legal state, but that's 200 milligrams each dose it looks like it looks like coral but it helped me because I'm telling you they they cut me from here to here and they pulled my heart out they took they took veins out of my leg okay it's all well documented I had five-way cabbage which is arterial uh arterial uh, all the like I'm not the doctor I'm, I'm not ex-athlete, airlock like okay. But all I know is now these doctors, they they study me and they just I'm patient number one here at Baylor Heart and Lung Center in Dallas and and they're like hey we love it we love it I have a machine next to my bed that gives them readings but I rebuilt my heart using cannabis here I, I'm and this it's all well documented I did I I rebuilt it using cannabis and and I also uh, you know I use. Fungus. I use a lot of a lot of fungus, raishi, turkey tail, uh, and I eat very healthy. I'm I'm trying to live a a, a good bodybuilding lifestyle. And at 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 58, I have completely puzzled all my doctors. And and these doctors used to be athletes with me. And and a lot of them, their their mentors follow me. They, everything they do, they follow what I'm doing. Because I know I was in Buenos Aires. And uh, they weren't getting my uh, t- transmissions. And they're like, what the hell are you at? I'm like, I'm in Buenos Aires. And that's another thing. Those doctors told me in 2019, you need to go home and die. That's pretty much what they told me. And now I go to Buenos Aires every Thanksgiving, and we stay for a long periods of time. Uh, we go to Cabo. We go fishing, and my doctors told me, you'll never be able to fish like you did. I'm a big sports fisherman, Gary. That's why I love Fort Lauderdale area, too. The EMR used to be good to me. But uh, uh, I loved to do those things, and they told me, you're done. And the reason I was supposedly done was because of the pharmaceutical nightmare that they had. You know, I had chemotherapy. Uh, I, I had an infection which led to cancer for chewing tobacco, something that a lot of firefighters do. And I, I couldn't quit. I could not quit chewing. I woke up one day and I had a baseball in my throat. That's when it all started with the heart. Everybody's like, "Oh, you were on steroids." No, man. <laughs> we we weren't. Did we weren't. It was nothing like that. I got an infection, and the doctors put a pink line in my arm in 2009, and it just start flooding me. And, you know, and but in 2000, when I broke my back, like I said. Oxycodone, Oxycontin and Oxycontin. I remember the first time I took it, I was going fishing and I was like, there's no fucking way. This is legal. I'm just being honest. Okay. Yeah. People need to see that. Cause I remember I was driving down the road in my Toyota I had just got a new boat and I was taking it out to go fishing at Lake Ray Roberts here. And I was going down highway 114 and that pill kicked in. And I'm going to be honest with you. It I was high as a fucking kite, <laughs> and I and, and I'll never forget that day. I was like Jesus. They're giving me this to work on. I, I never forget. And I went to work. People were looking at me completely different. I had a, a, a state all up my nose, and this was accepted by the by the by American. Excuse me. By my employer. By the airline that I worked for. I don't want to do anybody. <laughs> But it's just, it, it needs to change. And God bless you for for being the one who stands up to the city of Fort Lauderdale, firefighters. Because I know in Argentina, Los Bomberos, they don't have the drug test that the that, that, that American people do. I know. I spent time down there. I got family. Uh, people think I'm Argentina here in Texas. <laughs> but see, their laws are different now because their government's changed. Our government, and our government promised us, Gary. Our government promised us, especially the current administration. And I, I'm not a Democrat and I'm not a Republican. I'm, I'm disgusted. I'm a common sense person. Well, they promised us that they would, first up the federal deal with people in jail, that was a joke. We all know that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, just like their uh, student loan programs. But listen. It's time to reschedule this plan. It's time for people to get benefits because the city of Fort Lauderdale is missing out. There's a lot of good guys that cannot be firefighters because they've got a stupid thing on their, on their, uh, uh, record. I'm I'm just talking from experience because I know when I, when I applied at the city of Fort Lauderdale in 1985, the first thing they asked me, you ever smoke weed? Uh, yeah, you can't lie. You're on the drug. You know exactly what I'm talking about. And, uh, They they got to the point in the 80s where so many people, yeah, we did. We tried weed, okay, you know, they passed us. But that's bullshit. This is a plant, and it's also it's in mother's milk. It's in mother's milk, man. It's in mammal's milk, okay? That shows before 1937. I mean, I'm sure a lot of your viewers know. Harry Anslinger did our country a big disservice by by what he did in 1937 with the marijuana tax act. Yeah, we all know it was racist. I'm, I'm married to an Hispanic. Okay, right? here in Texas, weed has always been in the Hispanic culture. They just never talk. Yeah, it's you know
0: it's the same thing coming out with the psychedelics. The way they ruined the psychedelics and how you know most people understand the history of psychedelics. You know, <laughs> the government basically tried to use it to actually, you know, to to get better soldiers out. And they turned them into a bunch of, no, we don't want to go to war people. And he says, oh, damn, this went the wrong way. Let's cut this out and find some way to actually ban it so that we don't get any more of these. We don't want to go to war soldiers. <laughs> Nixon knew and, the benefits. And, and that's the
1: brief version. <laughs> well, he knew the benefits. And that's why he did his drug, uh, you know, drug, what is it, war on drugs? Yeah. I'm sorry, but drugs won that war. And then and, and I'm glad you brought up psychedelics because you know, when they told me I was going to die, uh, a friend of mine came over and and he's like, Hey man, I got a couple kittens around here. Y'all quit it. Yeah. <laughs> we got a lot of animals here, chickens, you'll hear, you'll hear roosters crowing in a minute and I live in downtown Dallas, but I mean, it's just ridiculous like we're talking about now, it's ridiculous that we have to still fight because it's, it's the Schedule 1. I'm sorry, Gary. This, the, the Schedule 2 drugs that I took, I had to get divorced because of those. I a I, I freaking filed bankruptcy. I, I'm sorry that the pharmaceutical way, it destroys lives. There's no better way of saying it and I'm sure the pharma, I'm sure the big pharma is going to take over uh, the microdosing industry because that's what I was getting at. A friend of mine said, why don't you try microdosing? I started microdosing and it helps me with my brain injury. Because I do, I get off track. I, I did, I, I busted my head in 2000 in that fall and they had to release. And I didn't want to talk about it. I was embarrassed. It's It's embarrassing when you can't carry on a conversation. Right. And... That little fungus pill that I took on a daily basis, and I I never got high. It helped me, and I get emotional now. I never used to get emotional. They used to call me the ramp Nazi,
0: yeah,
1: because I'm German and uh, America, and American. They would oh, hit, hammer, he's the ramp Nazi, and and I never I never paid two two shits. I didn't care. I, I had a job to do, and as long as I took that medication, I could do my job. But that medication destroyed my life, and that's what I'm trying to, 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 to tell my story. And sometimes, like I said, with the brain injury, it's hard. But the psilocybin microdoses have completely changed me.
0: That's the thing. That, that's the thing. That's the thing that I'm trying to do with, with the – and I tell everybody else with the fire department. We Every year, we get something called life scan. Basically, it's a full-body scan. We get pink finger-poked, blood-drawn, poked – scan, heart scan, heart, you know, testicle scan, everything scanned, looking for lumps, cysts or anything else, you know, because they want to see for cancers or anything else to actually help firefighters a longer life. But yet they forget about the shoulders and up. And I'm like, well, why don't we just get, you know, have the ability to actually do a, you know, uh, some sort of psychoassisted therapy once a year with that life scan, so that we don't build up the PTSD or or the depression or or finding the disorders. Why do we have to fight and wait till uh, end of life? You know, it's amazing how all these people at end of life, they're fighting to get access to cannabis or or psychedelics at the end of their life so they can actually die comfortable. Why don't we just make it a preventative so that we don't have to worry about it later on. We, we, We may actually last longer and enjoy life longer instead of enjoying death longer. Look at
1: me, okay. They they told me go home and die. And I, like I said, I agree, but now I'm living a, I'm in the autumn of my life, okay? And me and my wife we're enjoying it. Buenos Aires is wonderful for us. It's wonderful. It's our second home. And, and it's every it's like a honeymoon when we're together down there. All right and she's still here, she's still working here, and she's not allowed to use this wonderful medicine because she still works in the industry. But she doesn't, she doesn't use any of it. She loves what it's done for me though. She has. And, right. and thank God people like you are talking about it and giving me the opportunity to talk about it because I'm a grandfather. And my grandkids love me now. They used to be they used to fear me when I was on paying pills. I'm just being honest. Okay. They would come in the house and they would be like, Where's Hammer? And they don't call me grandpa. They call me Hammer because I mean, Hammer was the one who had the broken back. Hammer was the one, oh. And we're sleeping, okay. You don't feel good. I never was made it to, to birthday parties. I never made it to to family functions because that was either high of the kite on, on pain pills or you know what? Let's be honest, you're stopped up and you can't because you're afraid you're going to have to go to the bathroom at any time right. Opiates do that to you guys. I'm sorry, but it, and 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 when when your gut health is all messed up, your mental health is all messed up, and your heart health is. All yeah, it's unrelated. That's, that's where I was, man. And now, because of the whole plant medicine and the fungus, I, my grandkids love me. They come over and work out with me. Uh, we have a wonderful relationship, and that's priceless. You know, I, I get emotional, but it is. It's priceless because a lot of people remember me uh, back in the 80s and 90s when I was, you know, power lifter and this and that was making commercials for the airline industry. I was traveling. I had people all over the the world expecting this and that. But when I got hurt and when I went down, I wasn't sociable. I got fat. I got out of shape. I was a jerk. I was a complete asshole. And those people were like, wow, man, they walked away from me. And now that I've, been doing this i've been doing this since 2017 i had the heart surgery 2019 so i've been really really fight since the 2019 but i've got a second chance at life gary look at this i mean y'all can look me up you can google me you can see my life before i got hooked on pain pills you can see my life when i was hooked on opiates and benzos and you can see my life now, and you can see why I fight so hard to, to tell my story. Exactly. And, and, Go ahead. And, and so looking into the future, what, what do you see
0: uh, in the terms of advocating for this plant, you know, the plant-based medicine? What do you, what do you see? What are you
1: trying to, to accomplish? What's your your ultimate goal about telling your story? Well, I want people like myself that have an addictive personality or childhood trauma, Okay, or working in an industry such as yourself who sees shit that's just really going to fuck their heads, up, let's be honest. And instead of taking SSRIs like Serquel or Lexapro, and, and these are all medications that they put me on, okay? And I, within three days, I'm like, nope, 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 nope. I would like them to look at my story, watch my YouTube channel, follow me, whatever, and see how I avoid having to take that stuff. I, I do. I still have brain forges, but my, I still have a brain injury, and I want to advocate for those brain people. But I know that with that magic mushroom, all I do is I take a little capsule. I don't, I, I don't trip balls, Gary. Like like we used to back in college, right? It's no like about tripping. No. Nope. And and you know what? I my wife, I we don't argue. It's been we've been married for a long time now, and and uh, she deserves a good husband. <laughs> and now I can honestly say, sorry, I get emotional. I'm a damn good husband. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love, I'm in a great relationship. And I was an asshole to my, to my exes. And when I was single, I do, I apologize. Now, I'm sorry. I was on pain pills. I'm sorry. Uh, and you, it, it's disgusting that you have to apologize for all this bullshit. So why can't, why can't people use what I use, and continue relationships, continue to have families, continue to work for the wonderful city of Fort Lauderdale, Broward County. I mean, come on. The, this medicine doesn't do half of the, the damages that, that that medicine did. I agree. And I'm going to piggyback
0: uh, on your, your RSSI uh, comment. What a lot of people don't know, and I hope some people, a lot of people who are listening to don't know that. The silent killer, the majority silent killer of the on-duty deaths and firefighting right now that they don't understand is from suicide. It's from uh, mental health and being prescribed, RSIs, which is the side effects is actually suicide. So so if we don't, we're just destroying the people who are trying to help the communities that actually rely on them. So by not getting them access to something different like innovative therapies like like cannabis or, or psychedelics or... Uh, allowing them to investigate these alternative medicines, we're actually doing more harm to our communities Every than room. than to ourselves. And I think people need to realize that. So you telling your story, me do, telling my story, uh, my, my project in Costa Rica, it's all about benefiting not that one person. For example, a lot of people explain to me, goes, goes, oh, tell us a little bit about Costa Rica. Well, our Costa Rica platform is basically simple. It's a facility made for treatment of mental health addiction on a technological platform to gather data. What does that mean? That means for every one person that shows up and gets treatment, we're not just saving that person, we're collecting data to save the hundreds and hundreds of other people who are trying to believe in this, 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 the, the, these plants and everything else, and bringing that data to the forefront, showing that this is a better alternative than actually using pharmaceutical medication. Not saying that pharmaceutical medication is not bad for certain cases. That's not what I'm saying. Not all cases are the same, but I'm saying the majority, you know, we need a different option.
1: I agree 100%, brother. This was the noise that you guys were hearing. (laughs) I'm a huge animal lover now, and I never was before. I didn't give a shit. I never wanted a pet. I didn't want to get close to any animal, and now – We work with the city of Dallas here at Oak Cliff uh, with with the SPCA. We get the cats fixed. We foster. I've got chickens. Uh, And my friends can't believe it. They're like, wow, look at you. Uh, Yeah. And, and, you know, I've got friends all over the world because I've been able to tell my story now. And and it was kind of weird at first. You're talking about getting high. You're talking about using cannabis. And I do. I do it openly now. People are like, hey, man. You're a grandfather. Yeah, I'm a stoner grandpa. Call me what you want. But they never forget me. They don't. They never forget me. When I, whenever I go back to Buenos Aires, I see homeless people that I used to buy cannabis from secretly. And they're like, hey, hey. And I, I take them to lunch. I help them. I do whatever, I, you know, anything we can because we're trying to spread the word. Because honestly, so many good people have left this earth because of pharmaceuticals. And they're... It needs to change. I'm sorry, but they, big pharma owns everything, you know. And like I said, I'm not political. Blackrock uh, Vanguard. You can say I don't care. They own all big pharma, and I'm sure that they're going to take over the weed industry. Okay, but when they do, just remember: make this available to people. Make make the, the thank God the psilocybin. It is being fast tracked throughout even places here in texas i mean here in texas i'm I'm afraid that psilocybin mushrooms will be more legal and more available than cannabis, and that's sad to say let's just hope they keep it affordable
0: because that 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 is the biggest thing you know because they're going to regulation wise from other other states we saw they're, they're making it more difficult it's been accepted and they're allowed to get to it but they're making it very difficult to get to and very expensive to get to depending on where you go? I think Oregon. I think
1: they're charging like three thousand dollars. Yeah, you're right. Uh, the, the way Oregon is doing it now, I don't know if it's going to work. Yeah. Colorado, so Colorado as well.
0: Yeah. So so you know, and then that and then again, that is why we're we're, we're I'm trying to create the uh, the different protocols in, in different ways to be done in Costa Rica, so I can bring them back to the state, to make it affordable. The last thing we want to do is actually make these medications so that they work. You know, pass FDA, fast track, you know, the same thing with MDMA, and all of a sudden it costs you $10,000 to get a treatment. There's no veteran or, or firefighter, you know, who's going to, you know, they'll want to, but they, what's going to happen? They'll spend their life savings on getting one treatment, and then they're going to fall back into a slump because they just finished spending their one life savings on that one treatment. It's just unfair. We need to find, you know, different options, affordable options, and
1: keep it accessible to those who need it. The 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 people that I'm uh, and I'm just going to be oh, I'm going to talk blunt here, okay? The the people that I I talk to because I speak at conventions about my uh, my uh, experiences with psychedelics and like I said they both go hand in hand. But the people that have been fed up with the SSRIs that we were talking about, they started by growing their own mushrooms. And but what I mean is it's legal to get spores, okay? And these guys were, they were desperate. They, and I'm telling you, I know guys that will tell you, that will come on your show and say, I did not kill myself because I started microdosing psychedelics. How I did it was they started growing uh, these mushroom kits. Okay, they buy, I don't know, I don't, I've never done it, but they 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 got the mushroom kits. I bought the, the professional deal on Amazon. And you can grow turkey tail, you can grow uh, raishi, you can grow... Chaga. I don't think you can grow the, uh, uh, the psychedelic ones, cordyceps, but right. you can grow the psychedelics. You just can't sell them. Right. That's the, that's the weird part about it. The only places that where spores aren't legal in the United States are Georgia and California. And I'm like, that doesn't make sense. Georgia does, yes. California, no. It's everything's changing. Thank God. And and now they're starting to see that people aren't killing themselves. And and I like. Not just soldiers, but uh, police officers. They're all, and here's the good thing. The reason that they are taking the chances and using microdoses because it does not show up on the drug test. Exactly. Thank the Lord, drug test, all (laughs) drug testing is ruined careers. Yep. Okay. Exactly. If If you've got a drug problem, you go get help. These mushrooms, well, I'm, in my opinion, they're going to put the rehab people out of business. Exactly. At least, so let's hope it changes them. So, Russell, if people wanted to follow you on your social media stuff, where would they actually look? Unfortunately, Zuckerberg doesn't like cannabis or psilocybin, <laughs> but I am I am on Instagram, not on Facebook. I'm on YouTube, LinkedIn. Uh, there's another one called MeWe that doesn't ban anybody. And uh, there's another one called Cannabuzz that I'm a member of. Huh. Interesting.
0: Well, I'm going to put all those in the show notes uh, when the show comes out. Russell, thank you very much for coming on my show. I appreciate you telling your story, my man. I, I, I appreciate you. I'm sorry I got emotional. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, you're more than welcome. I understand 100%. You have me time, f- please. Definitely. You have a fabulous day. I'll
1: be the same. Bye. Thank you for tuning in. If you're
0: still listening to this, that means you gained something out of this episode. So make sure you share it with a friend, leave a review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode
1: of The Good Dudes Grow 2.0.